And that's right. an unsung uh, benefit of writing a lot of books is that I'm an engineer by trade. I don't necessarily, I'm not a very good, naturally a very good writer, or, nor a very good communicator. But because I've written five books and I've written probably close to a million unique words and edited a, a million unique words, you don't think that's going to help me with my communication skills? Are you starting your journey into real estate business or entrepreneurship? Are you in need of strategies to help you reach your daily goals? That's right. Then the That's Oliver right. Perry Show is for you. Come and get the experiences and strategies to help you be successful. Woo! And now, your host. You know who it is. You know who it is. Oliver Perry. Oliver Perry. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon to you, wherever you are, whoever you are. Thank you for tuning in today. Today, I've got a guest on the Oliver Perry Show, of course, as always. This guest is by the name of Rafael Collazo. He is a real estate agent. He a commercial real estate agent. Let me correct that. Commercial real estate agent. He is a writer. He is an author of three books. I think you've got a fourth or fifth one coming now. He is also the creator of the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, which is an amazing podcast on real estate investing, specifically when it comes to commercial real estate space. And let's just go ahead and get into it. Raphael, how are you, sir? How's it going, Oliver? Great seeing you as always. Um, hey, man. The pleasure is absolutely mine. But the, yeah, for those of you guys who don't know, actually, Oliver and I met uh, back a few years ago, actually, now. It's crazy to think how, how long it's been, but we met here at Louisville, <laughs> and we've been keeping in touch ever since, so I'm excited to be on your show. Thanks, man. I, I'm, I'm really excited to have you. It has been a very, very long time, but I, and I know I've got context, so let's, let's give the guests some deeper context, or sorry, the, the audience some deeper context on you. If you could please give, give me your backstory, Raphael. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start from the beginning. Uh, so I'm actually, my name is Rafael Coyasso. I'm a commercial real estate agent here in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, as far as my background's concerned, I was actually born in Northeast Italy uh, to Italian mother and Puerto Rican father. Traveled around Europe most of my life and then eventually made it over to Arizona, went, went to high school and then went to Arizona State and got an engineering degree, uh, got into the software space. I was working with a company that implemented software systems for government agencies for about four and a half years. And that gave me the opportunity to travel to D.C., Puerto Rico, and eventually made it over here uh, to Louisville, where we implemented the software system for the city of Louisville, um, uh, for the financial software system. And then I made a transition over to commercial real estate back in 2019. And ever since, I've been operating as a broker here in, or a real estate agent, a commercial real estate agent here in the Louisville area. So that's kind of a high-level overview of who I am. I work with you know business owners, investors, uh, dealing with multifamily properties, retail, industrial, and we've done a lot in the land space as well. So that's a high-level overview of who I am, I guess. Ooh, buddy, that is a high level overview. That's awesome, man. So you are, I wanted to make sure today was one of my favorite topics to talk about, and that's branding. And you have done very, very well for yourself in the branding space, specifically when it comes to commercial real estate investing and just a commercial as a commercial real estate agent as well. Tell me how you came up with that idea to start your branding journey and, and what did that look like when starting out? Yeah, sure. So I, I think in general, anytime you're in a sales or business development role, uh, people have to know, like, and trust you before they do business with you. And so in order for you to kind of cut the distance between that 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 amount, that that the know, like, and trust phase, uh, becoming recognized in, in as an expert in your space helps immensely in that amount, in that, in that uh, effort. And so what I decided to do was to you know, I started uh, a YouTube channel uh, that talked about different commercial real estate topics. 
I did a lot of FAQ videos where we talked about, you know, like what's real estate depreciation? Um, how do you evaluate multifamily properties? And every week I would release a particular um, video regarding, you know, that sort of thing. And then I also started doing a commercial real estate meetup uh, virtually where we started interviewing people from all over the country that talking about different commercial real estate topics. So we had people who talked about industrial investing. We had people who talked about triple net investing. We had people who talked about commercial property management. We had people who talked about real estate development. So real Really grabbing people from all over the country to talk about these topics did a few things. Number one, it, it created a group of people that knew of who I was because I was providing this unique content, and it recognized me as an expert in these in these particular fields, even though I don't necessarily have a significant amount of experience as a real estate developer or even a commercial real estate investor. But since I was drawing in people who were experts, interviewing them, and then gathering that information, the perception is that I am, in fact, an expert. And obviously, over time, that's helped build me into a brand as a commercial real estate agent. And now when I interact with people, a lot of times they know that I'm in the commercial real estate space. And that in and of itself helps you know, bridge the gap of trust. So um, I'd be happy to kind of elaborate a little bit more if you'd like on that. Yeah, let's let's talk about the no like and trust factor, because it's something that we hear all the time with the no like and trust. And no like and trust for someone who's starting out is relatively a foreign thought process, right? We know we got to get online and we talk. But what causes them to really know, like, and trust? Is it because you're there all the time or is it because what the information you're giving out or is it a combination? What, what happens there? So I would say the most important thing is know. Like people have to know who you are. You could be the coolest person in the world. You can be the biggest expert in the world. But if no one knows who, who you are, it doesn't matter. So really getting yourself out there is the first and most important thing. And then people will make the determination whether they like you or trust you, right? There's going to be people who watch my content that absolutely hate me. And that's fine. I, I, that not everyone's going to like you in this world, and that's completely fine. But there's going to be a subsect of those individuals that watch the content that really resonate with what I'm saying, and they like me, and they potentially would, would trust me as well. And so what eventually happens is once you actually make connection with them by going to coffee or interacting with them in a physical setting, now you've already kind of bridged that gap, and you have a better opportunity to be able to win their business if, if they're a prospect or you know just them becoming an advocate for you. In, a, in another business setting. so I love it. I love it. That makes perfect sense. And for those of you who are watching and listening, if you heard the ding, that's because Raphael hit on a very key point. You might want to rewind, grind it, go listen to it, take a look at it. Also, if you're curious, you'd like to ask questions, please, by all means, leave them in the chat. Let us know that you have a question and we can ask it to Raphael. Now, let's moving on, Raphael. You created quite a bit. Now, with all the no like, and trust factor, that's at the beginning and kind of you understanding that's what you wanted to get after. But what made you pick the platforms you went with? Because you went with LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube as well. And I'm assuming YouTube is kind of by proxy of everything else. But I feel as though LinkedIn is kind of your main effort. How did you decide what was going to be your main effort and how you wanted to attack that? Yeah, so it really just depends based on the industry that I'm in. In commercial real estate, I'm ten I tend to deal with business owners and investors that, that buy commercial property and a lot of those individuals operate within LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is obviously the platform that I chose to put as much effort as I could into trying to build a brand on. Uh, and you know, in order to do that, I created groups on LinkedIn. I have regular events that I broadcast on LinkedIn. So people that have a LinkedIn profile can register for those events. And we've been having some great showings at, at our meetings. We've been getting between 50 to 100 people that tune in to these live broadcasts uh, via Zoom. And then obviously, I, I broadcast them live on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. 
as far as YouTube is concerned, YouTube's the second largest search engine on the planet. So as from a search engine optimization perspective, it's a phenomenal platform to start advertising on, especially if you can start ranking from for some keywords, because when you're talking about how to content, for example, right. let's say you want to know what real estate depreciation is, right? Yeah. And the title of your video is what's real estate depreciation. And within the keywords, you also reference that. If you rank for that keyword, anytime someone shows or types in that, that particular keyword, you show up in the search, search results and that increases the likelihood of them actually clicking on your content, which again, no like and trust, right? If they click right. on your content, now they get familiar with who you are and the likelihood of them subscribing is a lot higher as well. So uh, those are the reasons for those two. And obviously in Facebook, uh, that's more of just a community building type of platform. I have a lot of people on Facebook, so it just is a natural thing. I post it on LinkedIn, so might as well engage people on Facebook. And I know a lot of people having success on Instagram in particular for commercial real estate. I know a few commercial agents like Tyler Cobble and various other people are putting a good amount of effort into Instagram. So that can also be a great platform. It's just one of those platforms I haven't put as much time into. Right. Interesting. Okay. So now, now that's this is news this is news to me first of all so i i used to attend full transparency everybody i used to attend the louisville real estate investor meeting that rafael and my mentor luke put together and early on it was if i remember correctly it was like two of us <laughs> it was myself and one other person which is amazing because like you said we've known each other for like five maybe four or five years now uh, and even in that time frame, the amount, the amount of growth, what what causes that growth? What was the kind of catalyst to what you guys were doing that that made it continue to grow? Sure. So there's actually a few meetups that that, that I'm involved with. The Louisville Real Estate Investor Meetup Group uh, with Luke, who's an awesome guy. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to look uh, connect with him, you definitely need to. Uh, that grew pretty organically, actually. As you mentioned, I mean, our first meeting, I, I believe we had like 10 or 15 people show up. And that's with Luke and I dragging people to come to the event. And what 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 I think is the reason why I was able to grow uh, to pre, a pre-pandemic level where we were getting between 100, 80 to 100 people showing up every single month is that we kind of reinforced every month why we were meeting. And then we tried to make sure that the speakers that um, we, we brought could provide great content and then created a structure for the meeting. People want to know that what they're getting into. You know, They want to have structure. So understanding right. that the first hour was for networking, understanding that the speaker was going to speak for no more than 30 minutes, and then we're going to open it up to 10 to 15 minutes of Q&A. That creates structure, that creates stability, and that's what people crave. So being able to do that and being consistent with our approach saying, look, continue to engage with the group this is the reason why we're meeting. And then essentially us, Luke and myself and everyone else try engaging with all the members and making them feel welcome um, and feeling like they're gaining value from the, from the content or the, the meetup was actually what, what enabled us to grow as big as we did. And obviously on the commercial real estate end, we run a meetup called the Commercial Real Estate 101 Meetup. It's a virtual meetup and we bring in speakers from all across the country to talk about commercial real estate topics. And that's virtual. So I'm able to draw in people from New York and you know California, all across the country. I mean, we've had people wow. tune in outside of just the United States. So it's kind of cool to see. Wow. Yeah. I remember yeah. one of the big ones was the 10, the, what is it? 13. Ah, I'm blanking. I'm blanking. It was the, uh, 13, 10, 1031. Why am I losing my mind on that? Yeah. Harry Borders spoke and we had, I think we had about 80 or 90 people on the call. And then we had about probably about 10 or so live on the yep. LinkedIn and Facebook. So, I mean, that was a great showing and we had a really good response from the video itself. We had people commenting on the video and engaging. So it was good. It was a great, right. great event. That's fantastic. So you, you talked a little bit about in that just now you talked about the structure 
and consistently giving them what they wanted as far as the audience. Let's get into the granular granular detail of that because that's that's super important because you can show up consistently, but if you show up consistently, you constantly change the message. It becomes difficult to get that same group of people because they're not sure what's happening. How did you guys ensure that every time you guys hit the, you know, that conference or that discussion, how did you make sure it fed into what you guys wanted to get after for your audience? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the the main point here is that people crave consistency. Um, One of the reasons why large organizations are successful is because they have systems and processes in place that people can expect and understand what's going on. I mean, look at McDonald's, who's been able to be as successful as it has. I mean, there's much better food than McDonald's out there, but you know exactly what you're getting every time you show up to McDonald's. And that's a big reason why they've been able to be as successful as they have. And you see this in organizations like Toastmasters. You see this in organizations like BNI, which is an organization I'm involved with. It's all about structure and reinforcing the fact, reinforcing to people who are showing up on a regular basis why you're doing what you're doing. So uh, again, you can apply this to a real estate meetup. You can apply this to uh, growing a business. You can apply it to any type of endeavor where you're going to be trying to get a lot of people involved in a shared goal and mission. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I guess that's the high level logic behind it. No, that's that's some good logic. That makes absolute sense. And and the point that you made with you know, McDonald's and Toastmasters and all this, like that is exactly, I think, spot on because even in daily life, everything that we see, every brand that we know has a consistent message that comes across, you know, Rolex for luxury watches, you know, Mercedes. And the first thing you think is excellence, BMW, it's an amazing drive. Everybody and everything that's in business that is working in business or created a brand has that kind of layout. Now, with that said, let's talk about, let's talk about your brand. Because you've really, really built a following, specifically, like we said before, on LinkedIn. What is the difference in the language that you use when you're on LinkedIn versus when you're on Facebook or YouTube? Or, or is there a difference at all? Well, again, since I'm in the commercial space, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. A lot of the people that I target via the groups that I create are in the space. So what I've done in order to make sure that my message is hitting the right audience is I created a LinkedIn group um, that's called the Commercial Real Estate 101 Meetup. And each month or every other week, Essentially, I, I host an event that is that is, is a topic related to commercial real estate. So our next topic is going to be talking about retail management. So property management for retail properties. How do they secure uh, properties to manage? And then how do you reposition properties that have been, you know, maybe a anchor tenants left? And how do you how do you essentially reposition that property so that it becomes more profitable going forward? Uh, so the, we're going to be t- interviewing a gentleman named Chris Ressa, who uh, manages uh, his company manages tons of tons of retail properties uh, across the United States. And so he's going to have a lot of insights to share. So Really creating the LinkedIn group and then inviting people who are that target audience for you and then building a community through that is how I've been able to kind of build that brand on LinkedIn. And it's growing. It's continuing to grow every month, which is pretty awesome. I mean, we started out with a couple like 50 members or so, and now we're at 450 and continuing to grow and people are engaging with the content. You know, we're getting pretty good engagement on people actually showing up to the meetings, which is awesome. And it's becoming a current reoccurring thing where people are asking what the next event's going to be and et cetera. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about creating that community similar to what you see in an an in-person setting, translate that into an online setting. And then, you know, if your target audience on LinkedIn, target them on LinkedIn. If they're on Facebook, target them on Facebook. If they're on Instagram, target them on Instagram. That's that's amazing. That's fantastic advice, man. I, that's really a fantastic advice because, and I'm going to be honest here, 
I used to be able, I used to think that hey, the more that I'm online, I can I can get to people to come to me. I would call it a you know the bait and trap more than me having to go out and hunt. But I realized very quickly, like you said, a lot of it isn't just the video face, it's the actual engagement, reaching out to people, talking to people, having that conversation, because no matter what you do, even in this COVID world, yes, being on video is good, being able to do video conference is amazing, but a phone call is so, so much better. Um, and now with, with that said, how has that, you branding yourself in the LinkedIn and the YouTube and all this stuff, how has it affected your business and how you function as a real estate, not a real, not just a real estate investor, like I said, but as a commercial real estate agent, how's that affected you? Yeah. So again, brand recognition, right? So if I walk into a room, uh, you know, not everyone, but there are some people walk up to me. It's like, oh, don't you do commercial real estate? I've seen your stuff online. You know, that, that in, initial thing right. is something that, you know, if I didn't have a year ago, um, and mm. that's going to, that's going to continue to grow over time as I continue to go to in-person events. Uh, obviously I haven't been able to go as, as too many just because we're currently in the, in the pandemic situation. But again, things are starting to open back up and I'm going to be engaging with people in person. And that's only going to add to me building that brand. As far as online is concerned, I've been able to reach out to people, DMing them on LinkedIn and just having conversations with them. Or people have reached out to me as a result of a meetup that I've done. And they said, this is a, that was an awesome event. Really appreciate everything. Would love to just connect, you know? And so that that's that's wow. I've been able to connect with people via just the DMs there. Um, right. Obviously, because of my online presence and my book now, people who research me online, they see, oh, wow, this guy, he does the podcast. He does the meetups. He does. He has a book out, you know? So anyone who searches me online is going to know automatically that, you know, I'm, I'm a credible person and therefore it, 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 it kind of lubricates the process of me getting at least a face-to-face -face meeting with a potential client. So that's, that's how it's helped me in my business that's so far. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. Cause you, let's not, let's not understate. Let's, how many books do you have out right now? Let's, let's go over the books. How many books do you have right mm -hmm. now? Five. Five. And you're working on a sixth. Yeah. How many books are you going to do? Who knows? <laughs> no, but no, but but the, but so the first four books actually were related to. I mean, when I first started writing, the reason I started writing because I, I was lost and confused in, in what I was doing. Mm, you know, I okay. I was in a lucrative job and I was I, I was living in Puerto Rico. You could throw a stone from my house to the beach. You know, I was right. I was living quote unquote the high life, but inside I didn't feel that way. And so mm. I started doing a lot of internal research and trying to get an understanding of who I was and what my passion was. And through that process, I started uncovering a lot of personal development thing, tips and everything else. A lot of I started reading a ton of articles and I realized that all the information was kind of scattered around the internet and it was very fragmented. And so that's when I decided to write a blog, which eventually turned into the books. And so I created a series of books called the Millennial Playbook series that talk about concepts that are pertinent to the millennial generation and and the topics on the, the the books cover are personal development, professional development, exercise, healthy eating habits, and finances. So there's four books out right now for the Millennial Playbook series, and then my most recent book, Before You Sign That Lease: The Small Business Owner's Guide to Leasing Commercial Space, focuses on helping business owners that are looking to lease commercial space get from point A to point B with as little heartache as possible. Because I've seen a lot of business owners that have signed bad leases, and it's just really a bad a uh, bad thing, a bad experience. So yeah. yeah, but even then, even then, like you said, what and it harkens back to exactly what you said earlier is you give your audience what you think is going to help them. It's less about mm -hmm. the money. It's less about the number. It's more about the number of people you can assist. And in your case, with the Millennial Playbook, I know for a fact you've assisted quite a few people because I don't think there's anybody who's at, a, at an age where we are that hasn't been through that kind of thought process, been through somewhere where you know they're on the beach, like you said, and there's something's just missing. 
and being able to go oh, through that yeah. and walk through that with somebody who's experienced it is actually really cool. Um, so yeah. and, also, and I'll, even, I'll even say one. I'll even say one more thing on top of that. And you're right about the numbers. I mean, I'm not going to be the next J.K. Rowling. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But another thing that it <laughs> helps you with is communication, and that's right. an unsung uh, benefit of writing a lot of books. Is that I'm an engineer by trade. I don't necessarily. I'm not a very good, naturally a very good writer, or nor a very good communicator. But mm -hmm. because I've written five books and I've written probably close to a million units words and edited a million unique words. You don't think that's going to help me with my communication skills? You don't think that's going to help me effectively convey a message to a large group of a, 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 a large audience? Of course it is. So even if you don't necessarily see the direct uh, monetary benefits from selling the books, the the exercise itself will pay huge dividends over time as as an improvement in your ability to communicate. So that's another thing that I would say is a benefit. Uh, no, no, that's um Wow, that's not something that I thought about when you think about reading or writing books, but it, it does make sense because the same thing happens when you get comfortable with being online, like we are here on live, on a live platform. Very quickly, you start to understand, okay, I say like, I say um, I'm thinking, these are catchwords, so you realize, okay, I got to cut back on that, I've got to change this and that. You look at your mannerism, how clear you say a word, how clear you don't say a word all that kind of develops and even affects your regular life. So that makes a lot of sense. As a matter of fact, for those who are watching or listening right now, uh, if you're on the podcast, I apologize. You can't ask questions. It's a little bit late, but it's okay. You can catch us on the next live. But if you are watching live right now, please feel free to ask questions. We're looking, we maybe do a, uh, be able to do a Q&A section here at the very end. We have about eight minutes, nine minutes going, but we're going to keep talking about branding. And Raphael, so branding, again, there's a lot that goes into it. I'd like to talk specifically about how you came up with the design for your brand, because that's something everybody seems to struggle with. They'll get to a point where they're, if you, particularly if you can't afford to go and purchase a designer or get somebody to do it for you, it's always difficult, you feel like, when you're doing it. How did you come up with the CRE Academy and your colors? Because everything on your stuff looks clean and professional. Like, it looks good, good. How did you come up with that and what happened? What was that process like? So I think the first part of the process was looking at people that I admired that were already in the space and seeing how they approached their their podcast. Um, one of the people I referenced was you know Tyler Chesser, who's a buddy of mine here in town, and he runs a the, the, the Elevate podcast, and he it's a top 200 business podcast in the world, and he does a lot of really cool stuff, and he's had some phenomenal guests on his podcast, and so kind of taking some pieces of, of, of inspiration from his podcast, uh, I obviously the Bigger Pockets podcast was another podcast that I referenced, and obviously there's various other podcasts that that are out there that have, that have been kind of motivational for me. So I, I reference those. And then as far as the actual branding is concerned, uh, I utilize Fiverr a lot. Um, so I just went to Fiverr.com and I found a graphic designer that could create these types of podcasts. And I and I made sure I'd look through all their their portfolio of work. And then I eventually hired someone to be able to, to create the podcast logo, etc. Um, and then that that was pretty much it. And that was the biggest outflow for us as far as the, the podcast episodes are concerned. Uh, as a recurring, uh, as a recurring, uh, expense. Obviously, there's an editor. I'm not a very good editor, so I outsource that. And we're able to get all the podcasts done, both the MP3 and MP4 format for about 50 or 50, uh, $60 an episode. And my business partner and I split that bill. So Nice, 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 mm -hmm. nice. Speak speaking of business partners, because you've got a partner on the podcast, mm -hmm. how, how have you integrated your partnership with him on the podcast kind of into how you function as far as the commercial real estate space? Because 
whenever you tie your name as a partnership, particularly on a podcast or on a show, your name is tied to someone else in yeah. some form or fashion. How do you handle that? How does that dynamic work between the two of you? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think I think the reason why we decided to pursue a partnership in 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 the podcast and also as an as an investment side, we have a we have something we'll be announcing here in the near future. Uh, but essentially, why we decided to do it is because my my co-host uh, and my business partner Jeff Walston, uh, he's in the commercial construction space. He's actually operated in the commercial construction space for about fifteen years. He's been involved in all facets of the construction process. He's done grounded construction of multi-million dollar le- dental labs. He's built industrial properties. You know, he's done all of it. And so he's got that ex- expertise. Uh, I'm obviously the marketing, the sales, uh, the branding guy. And so have putting our two skill sets together is a pretty potent combination. And that's where, you know, we found would, would be of benefit to people that, that we're, you know, we're interviewing and uh, our listeners, you know, because we, we, you get the perspective of someone who's coming in from the brokerage side, who's coming in from, from the analytical and investment side. And then you get the perspective of someone who has a real deep understanding of the construction process and can really get super granular in, with contractors and, and people who are you know on that side of the process and right. extract as much value as he can from them. So that's why we decided to go into business together. And obviously, I trust his integrity. He's a, he's a phenomenal guy and uh, super honest and trustworthy. And so that's why I thought it would be a good idea to, to team up to do that. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, because it's, it's understated how, how difficult it is to find a good partner. Not to mention mm-hmm. one that kind of fills in your spaces, because there I can tell you the number of times I've partnered with somebody it just did not work out, and that's not a negative towards them or even towards me. It's just mm-hmm. how it goes sometimes, and I don't think that's a negative thing. I think that's a great thing uh, because it helps you to learn more about yourself. Now, in that matter of fact, in that vein, let's let's go into a little bit more. You mentioned earlier about your self discovery. Mm-hmm. And I find that anyone that I talk to in the real estate space or the entrepreneurial space has a very distinct habit of learning about themselves as they're building a brand. As you built your brand, what did you learn about that yourself? And then how did that affect how you approached and how you dealt with the brand itself? That's a pretty profound question. I, I that That's that's interesting. As far as what I learned about myself, um, I mean, I learned what I'm good at. You know, I'm very mm-hmm. good at being able to effectively convey a message to a broad group of people. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm able to do the podcast and have success with that and the YouTube channel and et cetera. Um, and I'm also very good at uh, the analytical side. You know, I come from an engineering background and I've always had an aptitude for numbers. And so when it comes to processing a, a vast amount of data, that's something that I'm very good at. Uh, I'm not the most handy person in the world. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I try my best, but it just doesn't come naturally to me. And so that You're was something that, that I kind of learned. You're not alone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and Same. again, that's just something I kind of learned early on that it just, just wasn't something that I would be very good at. Um, right. And then, yeah, I mean, that that's, I guess that's part of it. As far as everything else is concerned, I mean, just just being okay with not everyone liking you. Because again, I think it's very easy for us, especially when you start creating content, to think, oh, what are people, other people going to think about it? When in reality, it really doesn't matter because those who don't like the content are going to watch it. Or, you know, so you really need to start talking towards people that you think would really gain value from that content because those are the people that you're serving. You're not serving the people who don't like your content because they're not going to be the ones who stick around. So I, I guess what I'm saying more so than anything is just putting yourself out there. It doesn't matter if you think you look silly. Everyone looks silly when they first start. Just get yourself out there and try it out. <laughs> yeah, that is that is great and, and just profound advice because that is definitely something that I know I've experienced quite a bit. I've literally had people say, hey, man, you, you are just corny. Yes, I am. I am a cheese ball. 
But I tell you what, there's other cheese balls that are going to listen in and they're going to want to be a part and looking to learn about real estate or commercial real estate. And they want to find somewhere where they feel comfortable. So I'd also, you know, definitely back up that advice is talk to who you're going to talk to. They're like yeah. they're going to like you. Your audience is waiting for you. They're out there. You just have to open your mouth and speak to them so that they can hear you. So exactly. I know you've and, got things to do. Go ahead, go, go ahead, please go. Uh, no, going. and 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 I had I had a I had a we interviewed a gentleman named JC on our podcast. He's a, he's a real estate lawyer in New York City, and he referenced something similar. And, he, and what he said, which I thought was awesome, was consider the source. Meaning that if someone tells you something about your inability to do something, consider where it's coming from. Because the re- in reality, people who are doing stuff that are out there really hustling and and going getting some bruises when they're doing things aren't the ones that are going to be criticizing you. They're, they're, they understand how hard it is. They understand how difficult it is to get your, your feet wet and everything else. The ones who are going to criticize you are the, really the ones who aren't doing it. So just consider the source. <laughs> that is the absolute truth. Consider the source. I'm going to have to, I'm going to quote that one later on on the IG, just so you know. So it pops up. Don't mm-hmm. be surprised. Um, <laughs> now, with that said, I know you've got quite a bit going on and you're a busy guy. Uh, we got to kind of wrap up here. And for those of you who are tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to allow the floor now to Raphael so he can give you guys a rundown of where you can reach out to him, where you can connect with them. And we're also going to put the links to his books in the show in the show notes on YouTube as well as on Facebook when it posts there. And Raphael, the floor is yours, my friend. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. So if, you, if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to reach out anytime. My name is Rafael Cuyaso, as I mentioned. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can reach out to me via my website at www.rafaelcoyaso, C-O-L-L-A-Z as in zebra, O.com. Um, as, as Oliver said, I, I've, I'm, I've written several books, so feel free to check those out on Amazon. And then I do have a YouTube channel, so if you just type my name into YouTube, it should be the first thing that pops up. Feel free to subscribe. I also have the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast that I host. Uh, we release new episodes every single week, and so if you want to learn a little bit about the many facets of commercial real estate, feel free to subscribe to that as well so fantastic man if you for those of you who are still watching those who are watching after replay if you've enjoyed this content please by all means please subscribe leave a comment let us know that you're enjoying this and that whatever questions you might have i'll even shoot them to Raphael, and we'll see if we can get them answered and get him to drop in into the chat to speak to you guys as well so you guys can get those answers to your questions we're here to help if you need us please feel free to reach out you can find me on ig at the oliver perry or you can look on youtube of course and look up the Oliver Perry. I'll pop up there too. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Raphael, thank you for being a part. I look forward to having you on again, which is going to happen. I've already told him it's going to happen. So I'm going to have Raphael back again, and we're going to talk more on real estate agent as part of his life. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Oliver Perry Show. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, be sure to follow Oliver at The Oliver Perry on Instagram, Oliver Perry on LinkedIn, and The Oliver Perry Show on YouTube. Until next time, take care.